In the real world, have you ever actually been lost? I, I'm sure that I have, but nothing really comes to mind. I feel like, have you? The, the closest thing I can think of would be, uh, I was going to our, our brother David's bachelor party, and I was probably about halfway there, and my phone died, and the charger in my car was not working. Like, my phone like was not taking the charge very well, to the point where you know every 10, 20 miles, I would be able to get up enough to turn it on. <laughs> see where I was at, where I needed to go, get a road or two, and it would die again. And just remember that being so frustrating. But, but I think because of our phones, we yeah. have a GPS. Like, I can't think of that. any stories of friends of talking about being lost. But it's right. something, talking to grandparents or my parents, it seemed like that was something that happened a lot more frequently. Uh, you know, or I, I'd like to, to chalk it up to the fact that I have a very good sense of direction. And if I've gone someplace one time, I can do that, that route again. If it's the first time I'm going somewhere, I'm going to be using my GPS. And if I'm not, if I don't have my GPS, then I'm probably not going there. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like because of that, the only times I ever truly feel lost is when I am exploring in a video game. Well, if you want to feel lost, we have a great <laughs> game for you to play. Welcome to IndieQ, and today we are going to be looking at the game Salt and Sanctuary. Yes, so Salt and Sanctuary, I think the clearest way to describe it is it is a 2D Souls game uh, where you're fighting uh, enemies, uh, finding the equivalent of a bonfire, which in this case are the said sanctuaries. You're collecting salt, which are the replacement for souls to level up your characters. Uh, going down different branching paths, different builds, and just this exploring, unveiling of the world, fighting bosses, finding more sanctuaries, and the progression continuing continues. on, yes. When I first was introduced to this game, it was one of those birthday indie games that David had bought for me before Paul had joined the, the, the birthday uh, indie game giving. And I was really excited because David got me this new game that he was really excited about. I started playing it and I bounced off it extremely hard. I probably played, well, I actually know exactly how much I played because I looked at my old save file. I played for 11 minutes and I turned it off and said, I don't want to play this game at all. This is funny because my, I had seen videos on YouTube talking about indie games that I remember thinking it was a game that I would be interested in. And then once I got my Switch, I saw that you had ha had the game and you had talked about your experience with me and I was kind of disappointed because it was a game I was really looking forward to trying <laughs> and I tried it and I think I bounced off of it even faster than you did really um I mean this is months removed from watching any videos on it and I just did not the feel of it wasn't right for me I didn't I didn't hate the art style but it, it wasn't gripping me and I'm like I'm so confused I thought I was gonna like it so I'm like I am going to go watch a video on Salt and Sanctuary, and I watched the video, and I'm like, this should be a game that I love. <laughs> and so I went right back, played it, and just was hooked. Like, so just wild. connected. I actually restarted the game a couple times because I started with classes I didn't think I was going to enjoy as much. I'm like, I don't, instead of, you know, you can backtrack and make any class into another class uh, if you level up enough. But I'm like, I just want to start with, the, the correct class. The me. thing that you want to do. And yes. so that was my advice to you was like, hey, go play as the mage. I think yes. with your play style and my knowledge of you, you will have a lot more fun with the mage. 
And, well, this was a game that I didn't even have on my radar anymore. I had it, played it for 11 minutes, and I put it away. And as we were looking at what games we wanted to play for this podcast, Paul was like, I really want to play Salt and Sanctuary. And I was like, oh, no, we need to put this, like, way down on the list. It's going to be, like, really hard for me to get through it. But you gave me that advice, and so I was like, I came into the game. All right, I'm going to do the Mage class. And I still don't think I really understood what the game was. And part of that probably is the fact that I have played very, very little of any games that are similar to like that Souls style. And I, I feel like we've talked a lot about Souls games just because of comparisons that we've made in the past. And that might be confusing for some people. Would you like give us another little brief explanation of what a Souls game is? So when we say Souls games continually throughout this episode. So we've referenced it before. I, I feel like Dark Souls was such a hit and such a cultural phenomenon. Uh, with especially with game designers, that a lot of game designers pulled small aspects of it, which is why we had brought it up in the past. Right. Salt and Sanctuary is like a true through and through Souls experience, but a 2D platformer version of it. And so what that experience is, is uh, it's a role-playing game. You're going to have different classes and different builds that you can choose, whether that be, you know, a mage or a thief who's quick, uh, whether it be a knight who's mm -hmm. slow and strong. Um, so there's different strategies and different ways that you can build your character. Um, you go out and you fight enemies. And when you fight enemies, you get some sort of resource, souls, or in this case, like I said, salt, that you can then go back to your, basically your save checkpoints, and you can spend those souls or salt that you had received to increase your level and bump up a stat. So usually a number of stats that correspond to different things, strength, dexterity, you know, uh, intelligence, stuff, you know, stuff along those lines that as you keep killing enemies, you'll get more salt. And right. then every time you go back to the save point, uh, all of the enemies will respawn. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, you can fight them over and over again, fight them, go back, you can farm that way where you just fight the same couple enemies over and over again, save, respawn them. Yeah. And then there are these bigger boss battles where uh, you have to use skills that you have learned and your upgrades and, and whatnot to overcome this hard boss. Right. And one thing that's more. very important, though, is that the movesets for these enemies and bosses are telegraphed. So you can like learn their patterns. Hey, when they wind up like this, this is the move that they do. So you're going to be a lot of dying, especially the first couple times you see an enemy yeah. where it's just like you don't know, hey, they wound up, but I don't know what the resulting attack is going to be. Yes. So it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of death, and just like try again. Yeah. And I think that the one word that I didn't hear you say that I think comes up a lot when we talk about Souls games is difficulty. Generally, Souls-type games are very difficult um, in terms of the fact that, yeah, you're going to die often and there are a lot of things that are very punishing. Um, Another aspect of Souls games that's less gameplay is that story-wise, it's not a clear narrative that's going to hold your hand. It is very... They're usually chopped full of lore. You'll have cryptic conversations with the few NPCs that you do interact with, but a lot of the story building is looking at 
uh, item inboxes. You click on an item and they'll have a description or a little snippet about, you know, different mm -hmm. people or groups within the world that use the item or how it uh, just kind of connects. And so you kind of either have to piece all that together yourself or do the simple route of just watching a YouTube video or reading up on a wiki of like, hey, what's the story so I can feel right. more connected? Which I feel like for a lot of people, especially if you have not had experience like trying to piece it together the story, yeah, I would suggest getting primed with like, let's just watch a video of what the story is. And then when you're experiencing it through your playthrough, you feel like you have something to grab onto. Yeah. And I think that is... The, a big reason why I bounced off the game so hard is because I had never really... I don't At this point, I had never played any Souls-like games. And I didn't have any understanding of what I was supposed to be doing. And honestly, I did not like the art style. As, you, as I played it again the second time when we were playing it for this episode, I started like... I felt that hook of like, ooh, this is actually a really good game. And I'm really enjoying my time in the game. And as you start getting into that, rolling down that hill, it's like, oh, I totally understand the draw for this type of game. Of like, oh, I'm going to upgrade my character and now I feel more powerful. And you really feel your character improving as you are walking through the game and improving as the person controlling your character as well. For sure. I'm curious, what were your experience with the bosses? Were any bosses that like particularly stood out to you? Just what was the overall feel of the, so, the boss encounters? Yeah. Again, I was I didn't know that to even expect a boss encounters. All of a sudden I was just like in a fight that I couldn't run away from. And I and you had you had to fight them. And so the first couple of times, I, I wasn't realizing that this was a main mechanic of the game. And that's, that's probably because I didn't do any research before I started going into the game. It was just like, oh, I'm in this boss battle and, oh, I won. Sweet. I got, like, the rewards and now I can go upgrade for sure because you get a lot of salt when you beat a, a, a boss. But as the game started going on, I started realizing that, yeah, this is the main mechanic. You're going to find the, the bosses in this area. And it was something that... I was looking on like the Wikipedia, like wiki and like find like to know what I should be doing next. Yeah. And I was like, so for me, I was like, I need to find this specific boss. I didn't look up exactly where they were, but I, when I kill this boss, I'm going to be able to upgrade my weapon, like way better than it is right now. And so those are the types of things I was like, I'm excited. Oh, I, I found a boss. Is this the boss that's going to like help me upgrade my weapons more? Um, and things like that. So, One thing that we did forget to mention is that if you die, you lose all the salt that you have collected. And you have to go back to the enemy that killed you and kill that enemy. In order. Otherwise, your salt is gone for good. If you successfully kill that enemy, you get back all the salt you yes. lost on your last life. So there's this thread of push your luck. Do I go further ahead or do I retreat right. all the way back and then respawn all of these enemies that I'm going to have to fight through again in order to try to explore mm -hmm. and get to the next spot? One of the things that I actually really enjoy, and you you told me earlier today that this is pretty normal for a Souls-type game. I really liked that every time that you went back to your save point, back to your sanctuary, you would have like your health potions and your... Uh, mana potions. Your mana potions, essentially, yeah. So would get refilled essentially. So I was like, I am the type of person in most games where if there are uh, consumables, 
I never use the consumables. I like hoard them for a time that I need to use it, which is not a good thing for me to do, but I do it in every game. And it's just like, oh, I don't need it right now. I could probably get through it without it. But there are some consumables in this game as well. But the, the most important of your items are going to come back. Those health potions and the, the mana potions. So did you find yourself using other consumable items or just the ones that would automatically refresh upon uh, you uh, returning to a sanctuary? I started realizing that each like area had like a, a, a small theme or a consumable that was helpful only in that area. There's an area where you're, there are enemies that are invisible and if you, but if you drink the, this potion allows you to see those, those, uh, uh, enemies. enemies and so when i sort of realizing that i was like oh i'm getting a bunch of drops for like poison reduction in this area like i should like use the poison reduction when i get poisoned and i'm not gonna like run out of those things because i get a lot of drops so i started realizing that i could do that because, but i also had a, a number of them and i also knew that like when i get to the next area i'm not gonna have to use these potions anymore for sure i definitely have traditionally fallen into the tendency of just hoard everything I watched a really good video by the YouTuber Rasputin, uh, who does video game content, talking about his problem with consumable items and how he does the same thing. And ever since watching that video, I have been pushing myself more and more to just, hey, if this consumable looks like it could be cool and fun and really powerful, just use it. Like, worst comes to worst, you'll want it and not have it, and you'll just have to go back and find another one. Right. Because typically, a lot of the consumable items are items that you can find more of or buy more of right and the i feel like that's opened up games a lot more to me i still think it's a mechanic that most of us will take the fun right out of because the developers give us these cool potions and cool upgrades and magic stuff that you can put on your sword to have fun with but a lot of us think that it's so overpowered that we need to save it for the biggest scariest bosses right and then we forget to use it because we're so focused on learning the moveset of the said bosses right like you don't actually need to have any of those if you if you play well, you're not going to need all the uh, potions or the, the consumables, anyways. But yeah, that you fall into that trap. So I would suggest as you're going through the game, don't follow our lead. Use the consumables, and you're going to be able to experience the game in a more full way rather than hoarding them like me. <laughs> I think the other part of this game that I really enjoyed was. The stress revolved around exploring because mm. you get to a certain distance, you've accumulated a lot of salt and you're like, crap, I could die. But if I find the sanctuary, I won't have to re come Go back all the way all back. this way. And so the thrill of like pushing your luck to be, you know what? I just need to push on, play it safe. Uh, as far as when I'm in encounters, don't be afraid to run away. But like, just try yeah. to find that new spot, and I had the joy of finding the spot, but then also getting a key to unlock a certain door that leads right back, back to like a cool loop through, like how interconnected the world is, but you don't have access to it till you actually make it to the further locations, and right. then you can unlock shortcuts to quickly traverse back to different areas. I think it's a really fun mechanic that I really enjoy. Just the feel of like being lost, but knowing that there's something to be found right around the corner if For I can sure. survive. There was, uh, I feel like I did that so many times where I'm just like, I hope that like maybe over here is the next sanctuary. 
there were so many times that's like I'm so far away from my last save point and I've traversed so far and then I walk into a boss fight and I can't run away and I have to fight the boss and I don't have very many health potions left and I end up dying. One nice thing about this game, and I don't know, maybe other souls do this as well, you can let me know, is when you get back, because you need to go back and kill the thing that killed you to get all your salt back, you make it back to the boss battle, you only need to uh, take the boss down to like, a like take a quarter health off of the boss's hit points in order to get the salt back. Does that happen in other... I can't remember. It's, it's possible that some of... I, think, I know some of them just you have to hit it one time. And okay. um, Dark Souls Remastered is the only of the true uh, FromSoft Souls games that I've played. And in that version, you just have to go to the spot that you died and you're able to reclaim. Okay. It's not a killing of an enemy thing. I just feel like for a 2D platforming game, it makes sense to have it be kill the enemy that got you. Um, just ups the stakes a little bit mm -hmm. because I feel like with only having the two planes to traversal in it, yeah, uh, it'd be a lot easier if, if you just got. It. I think that it creates the correct level of difficulty that they're going for. Yeah, to make it, they have to kill the enemy. One of the things in this game, I had, I got very frustrated at moments, which is to be expected in this type of game. But usually, I wasn't frustrated with an enemy beating me. I was frustrated with feeling like I was unfairly knocked off of a cliff and just thrown. This is like. I got hit, and if I got hit by that, I wasn't going to die. I only lost a little bit of health, but it also knocked me off this ledge, and then I fell to my death. And it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, that's how I died and lost my 40,000 salt that I was trying to go back and traverse and get, but... Um, For me, those deaths don't hurt bad unless you were carrying a lot of salt. Yeah. Like, that, if you're just like, oh, I had 100 salt on me, I died, I just have to come back to the spot, who, who cares? Yeah. But I'm the most frustrating is when you kill a boss but don't have a close save, save point. point, and then you try to make it back, and then you get killed by something stupid, and then you get killed by another stupid thing trying to get back to your salt. And you're just like, what was the point of even fighting that boss? The only reason I fought it was so I could get a bunch of salt, yeah. and now I don't have it. Uh, Which is dumb, because there's just an infinite amount of available salt to get in the game. Yeah. That, you, you know, you'll be fine. But it I feels like like, when it hits you the hardest. Yeah. That, hap that happened to me one time in the game, and there were multiple times, and this is probably very normal, I was just like, Turn the game off. I'm like, I can't do it. And I I knew I was going to come back, but I needed to, like, cool off. I needed to, like, go take a walk outside and breathe some fresh air and then come back. Okay. It's okay that I lost all that salt. It's not that big of a deal, but I had this emotional, like, bam. I did not like that at all. I'm interested to know, you, historically, in games, like the up-and-personal, like rushing through stuff really fast, you know, you're not as much of a take it slow, you know, do ranged damage. Was that the same for you, or did you fall into a more conservative play style when you were playing this game? With this game, I, I as we have revealed in other other games we've played for this podcast, I am more the, the run and gun up in your face, and that's what I wanted to play when I originally booted up the game. I picked, like, the knight character, which probably not the real style that I play as. I'm more of the fast, like, quickly jump in, hit somebody, come back, dodge them. Um, also, while playing this game, I didn't realize you could roll for, like, a really long period of time, and I was just, like, Dodge walking. rolls are so important. And I was just, like, running around. I was like, no, uh, no wonder I couldn't, like, get past, like, the first little areas because I didn't know that I could roll. 
And so once I found out that I could roll, it was like, this game is significantly easier now. <laughs> um, but I played way more conservative. Like, stay back, shoot the fireball, shoot the uh, lightning bolt. Which is and... ironic, because that's the playstyle I normally adopt for most games. And it is the playstyle of my first run through. So I played this game, and after playing the game all the way through, I was when I first played uh, Dark Souls Remastered. And I played that same play style for my first run through of Dark Souls, and I immediately moved up the game second time and played it as a like heavy melee character. And I love that so much more. I, I replayed Salt and Sanctuary with as a paladin, just the big honking sword, <laughs> really slow. I feel like, I mean, any way to beat these games is a legitimate way. I'm not going to try to gatekeep at all. But I felt like a little bit more like I cheesed a lot of bosses with the mage class where you just like oh, hide yeah. in the corner and you just like machine gun shoot your uh, <laughs> lightning. lightning bolts across it and just like take a ton of health off and then dodge a couple times and just keep repeating. But... I feel like you like intimately get to know the bosses. You have to really learn all their patterns. You can't like hide and yeah. and dodge. It's like up close and personal. I definitely cheese some bosses. I just feel like the satisfaction I got from that, I felt like I conquered this boss, not I survived this scary thing and I'm still terrified of everything around. Mm -hmm. If my magic is low, I'm just toast. Yeah. I don't know if this is actually true, but I like read something on some like something online that was saying if you're going to do a mage class, you should have no... Just play with no armor on. And you'll be able to... Like, your dodging is better and all this stuff. And I was just like, okay. So I, like, had no defense on me. So I was just like... I was just, like, scared of everything all the time. But, like... Glass it, cannon bill right yes. there. And so... Because in worked. different speed rolls, the more equipment you wear, if your uh, strength capacity isn't high enough, your rolls are just really encumbered and slow... And so there's times where it's like, okay, I need to not wear as much armor so I don't get hit. Yeah. Because not getting hit is better than being able to tank some damage. Right. But I did enjoy being able to take a couple hits or block with the shield a couple times and just, like, stay up and close right. and personal. One of the things, though, each of the bosses, like, have different weaknesses and, like, good defenses and stuff like that. So there are certain bosses that are much harder to beat with a mage class because they, they're really good... They have really good lightning and fire defense. And so that's not... A lot of the bosses are, like, weak to those things. So it's, like, super easy. You're, like, walking in. You're, like, I should not be fighting this boss right now. It's way too strong for me. And then you're just, like... And you take him out. And you're, like, oh, that was... I barely even got hit. Like... For sure. But... That's, that's brings back some of the replayability of the game. Because bosses feel very different between different classes. Um... And, you know, different status effects that you're able to have on your weapons. Yeah. And so I think that is, is a fun aspect of this style of game that I really enjoyed in Salt and Sanctuary of, like, I'm going to try to beat this boss that was super hard. I had a couple of bosses that just I could not handle with my mage that I just beat my first try with, with, your... with my paladin just because I, I knew... I mean, it's easier on second playthroughs. For sure. But knowing the moveset a little bit better going in. Right. But also just does so much damage with my giant mega sword versus <laughs> trying to, you know, mosquito bite my way to a victory. One of the things that I had been like 
thinking about while playing this game is it I had a very similar reaction to one of my current favorite card games, which is a really weird card game that you don't get to understand. You don't know any of the rules at the beginning. You just get thrown in and it's called Mao. And I love playing Mao, but I understand Mao now. I was thrown into Salt and Sanctuary, didn't know anything about it. I didn't know any of the rules. I didn't know how I was supposed to go about it. And I just lost. And my first time ever playing the game of Mao, I sat down. My friend was like, this is my favorite card game. So I'm very excited because I love card games. We sat down and I did something wrong. And he's like, you get a penalty. And I was like, no, you get a penalty. He's like, no, I don't. You get another penalty. And I literally rage quit playing Mao quicker than 11 minutes. I did the same thing when you <laughs> taught me. I just hated it so much. But once you kind of pick up on some stuff, Look, it, can be, is, it can be kind of fun. I, I know it's, it's a game that definitely is an acquired taste and you definitely need some experience with. But if you have a framework for understanding how <laughs> to interact with the game, I think you can have a really good time. Exactly. And I think that that is super true for this type of game. Because I had never experienced it before, 11 minutes. But once somebody like took my hand and was like, this is how you're, this is what you need to do. And that taking your hand was you pulling me back into the game and me looking online and finding things that were like, oh, I can do this. And then having a great time with the game. I really, really enjoyed this game. I think a lot of people, myself at, uh, at times, can feel the, hey, don't look online at stuff. You're going to ruin the game for you. But I think I have a more nuanced view of it um, now of if you're going to stop playing a game or you're just going to rage kit or not have any fun doing something, I think it's worth giving it a shot after looking up some guides or giving some hints or giving some clarification because bashing your head against a wall of a hard enemy is one thing, but bashing your head against the wall of like, I don't know how to roll or I don't know where to go. And there's just so many options that I'm just going to, I only have so much time to play the game. There's a balancing act of like giving yourself hints to the next spot and completely you know, or versus completely ruining the game, looking up specific guides on how to do everything. There, there could come time where you, uh, I did a couple bosses, I can't remember, where it's just like, I have lost to this boss 50, 60 times. Right. What am I missing? Is there a weakness or, just, you know, and then, oh, they're immune to this thing that I, my class basically does. So I need to change <laughs> up some stuff. Right, exactly. I did that too a couple of times when I lose to a, a boss and I was like, realizing what kind of damage that they did to me and then i would put on armor that was good at blocking that type of damage yeah, like so i could the dragon does fire damage oh, so really? if you have fire damage like <laughs> yeah so was there anything else that you wanted to talk about in this game before we went to the ranking i think i have spoke to my heart's content regarding it so i think ranking time all right so where would you like to start at the top of the list or the bottom of do you want this to be a positive or a negative version feeling of the game? Because I, I feel like this game is probably going to end up somewhere in the middle of our list. Let's let's talk about it positively. Let's so, put it, let's start from the bottom and go up. Okay. Um, before we jump into that, I'm going to quickly read off because we only have six games on our queue right now. Number one is Hollow Knight. Number two, Celeste. Number three, Dead Cells. Number four, Into the Breach. Number five, Tunic. Number six, Golf Story. All right. So, Salt and Sanctuary versus Golf Story. They both have leveling up mechanics. Uh, one is hard, one is easy. Yes. And 
one, I loved it the first time I played it and didn't really like it the second time I played it. And one, I hated the first time I played it and I really enjoyed it the second time that I played it. I don't think we need to go into much more depth. I don't think we I need think to. I think that Salt and Sanctuary is above golf story. Yes. All right. Tunic and Salt and Sanctuary has a lot more similarities. Yes, they have the, the bonfire versus the sanctuaries where you can level up um, and respawn all of the enemies around. They both fighting combat exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, exploration wise, which one did you have more fun uh, traversing? I felt like Tunic is much more empty than Assault and Sanctuary. Tunic looks way better, in my opinion, than Salt and Sanctuary. I love, like, being in the world is fun and cute, and, like, the visuals are very, like, beautiful. Whereas Salt and Sanctuary is, like, grim and dark and gritty, and also your character looks like a limp noodle running around the screen. Um, but the exploring, like, the actual aspect of exploring, other than just, like, the, the, the beauty of the way that the game looks, the exploring is much more engaging and fun in Salt and Sanctuary. Yeah, I think how I would explain it is is Tunic is a safe adventure, a relaxing, like, let's just kind of see what's around the next bend in this whimsical forest with enemies to fight, but a lot of it is just kind of like enjoying, you know, the sunshine. Yeah. Whereas Salt and Sanctuary is There like, is no sunshine. <laughs> you're just running around and you're going to get killed. Death and despair, <laughs> but... This sense of overcoming, yeah, and this sense of anxiety, fun anxiety of like, oh, I hope I can make it to the sanctuary that I don't know where it is. Let's go around the bend and see. You have no clue what kind of enemies could all of a sudden pop up. Um, I I really enjoyed the exploration in yeah uh, Salt and Sanctuary. Is there anything else that you would want to say, maybe in Tunic's favor? I feel like we're both in the same spot that we want Salt and Sanctuary to bump above Tunic. I, I have to. I don't think comparison-wise, i say Salt and Sanctuary has a, a slow combat style where it's like, you, you know, you're swinging your sword, takes up uh, energy, and like you can only do so many swings before you have to rest, which is very, you know, in line with a lot of Dark Souls games. But I just felt like just clicked better like I felt more fluid in the restrictions that it provided or I just felt like Tunic just wasn't quite polished enough like I didn't feel like the game wasn't it was it was very much intentional in uh, Salt and Sanctuary for how fast you could move depending on your class and stuff which makes Mm -hmm. it for different play styles uh, more unique and so I'm good with bumping it above Tunic all right Salt and Sanctuary versus Into the Breach Comparisons here are a little bit harder to come by. Uh, Into the Breach is much more pocket-sized and easy to like come to the game and then be done for the game and then jump back in after not playing for a while. I feel like if you were to play Salt and Sanctuary for you know a couple weeks and then put it down for a month or two, getting back into it would be tricky because you're like, trying to remember what you where you need to go to next. What was the last thing you did? You know, getting right. back into figuring out how combat works. I feel like it's kind of like a learned skill of like getting into the feel of combat. Totally. Uh, whereas Into the Breach is very much bite size, easy, accessible. Like there's no relearning the game. Right. And you just start at the beginning, but maybe with some unlocks. I don't know that that puts it in favor of one or the other. It's just a very, very different, different beast. Yeah. 
I, I think Into the Breach is such an interesting animal in in regards to, to comparing it to the rest of the group because it is such a so much smaller game. You said pocket size, and I think that's really good. Um, I do think that Salt and Sanctuary, though, hits the marks that it's trying to hit. And I think the main reason that Into the Breach is where it's at on the list is because the the things below it didn't hit all the marks that we were looking for. Um, maybe that's not actually true, but I feel like Salt and Sanctuary, to me, the things that Salt and Sanctuary is trying to do, it delivers on those things. Uh, you You really do feel that sense of exploration. You really start you are invested in upgrading your character and wanting to defeat the final boss, even though you don't know necessarily why you're doing it. Um, I'm, I'm in favor of putting Salt and Sanctuary above. That's why I'm leaning as well. All right, so next up, Salt and Sanctuary versus Dead Cells. I think this is the most interesting uh, comparison. They're both fighting games. Dead Cells is just a rapid sugar rush of just adrenaline pumping, getting through fast where I feel like Salt and Sanctuary is a more, I wouldn't classify it as a slow burn, but it is a very, you need to be aware and very focused. Methodical, maybe? Methodical is a good word for it. And so, I think depending a little bit on your play style, could also change yeah. up your feel on this. And this, this I don't know where you're actually going to end up landing, but my general desire in a game is that fast, up in your face, it's like um, quick, being able to... Uh, have the game respond very quickly to the things that I want it to do. Salt and Sanctuary was more of an exploration type game for me, like figuring out where to go next and like how to defeat the boss that I keep running into and, and not being able to beat. Whereas there is that aspect in Dead Cells where you have to beat the same boss and maybe you run into them a number of different times before you actually beat them. Um, but Dead Cells is much quicker and to me has a higher like level of like excitement. I definitely feel like all of that is a valid points. I think this just comes a little bit to, to differing personality styles. Like I am much more of the, like I want to sit in the world and feel the world and feel like I'm a part of it. And I feel like a lot of times like the ADHD of uh, dead cells. And while it's very colorful and stuff, uh, I, I really enjoy the uh, word picture from uh, girlfriend reviews when they were talking about this game, where a lot of times it's just diary of Christmas lights exploding <laughs> all over the screen mm -hmm. and a lot of just like fast pace, all what happened, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like the methodical, slow approach to Salt and Sanctuary, a lot of times you don't necessarily know like how to solve every problem but it was a much more a deliberate you can visually see what was going on in the fight and that just that feel exploration is something i value a lot more yeah and is not really present in uh in dead cells being procedurally generated i want to ask you a question if we do have salt and sanctuary come above dead cells do you think it has any chance against celeste no okay so it's either going to be number three or number four I want you to pitch to me which game you think should be number four. Number four being the worst sorry, game? Sorry. Which game should be number three? Which between Dead Cells and Salt and Sanctuary should win? I want you to pitch to me, and if you give me a good enough pitch, because I think you're going to say, say Salt. I'm leaning towards Salt and okay, Sanctuary. Pitch it to me. Pitch it to me. I think the class structure 
lets you really dive deep in the feel mm -hmm. and the replayability, whereas in uh, Dead Cells, it's very much like I can pick up a different weapon, but you don't have... I mean, you can master the weapons, but it's not like the same experienced learning process all the way through of like figuring out the joys of how combat works. And so I, the exploration, I feel like, is just ridiculous in Salt and Sanctuary. The feeling that it provides of that being lost and then all of a sudden you're found. And that coupled with once you've played the game, uh, trying to be more bold. Mm -hmm. And like seeing how far you can go and how many bosses you can beat without being nearly as leveled up as you were before. Because it's just like, I know where to go. I don't need to spend all this time exploring and getting all of these the salt. Right. But just like this extra challenge of like, hey, I, I'm not going to level up above this level to fight this boss. I think I can take it because I have the skill ceiling. Um, I think... A lot of our world is just so ADHD focused on the next thing, the next hit right away that I find it really refreshing to experience mm -hmm. media that is like, let's just sit in this for a moment. Right. And I think the the art style and the uh, just the demeanor of the game, while not necessarily appealing, really fits with that of just like, it's kind of sitting in some despair. I actually feel like it tells a similar story that Celeste does, but Celeste holds your hand and like, hey, you can overcome this. I want you to win. I want you to do well. Yeah. Where Salt and Sanctuary is all about overcoming these obstacles that you have no business. I feel like it, a lot of the bosses could be viewed as different like mental health trauma or depression or stuff that you actually have to conquer. They're really and weird. You're in this dark, weird, bosses. dreary, awful place with just grim, dark everything. Doesn't seem like there's a way to get out, but there's these little glimmers of hope in these sanctuaries, and there's these NPCs that you interact with that can lighten your spirit. And so, this journey that you're going through is a journey of realizing that you are capable if you put in the time and the effort. Yeah. And it's like the same story. But one of them is done narratively and like picking you up and like, yeah, we got this. Another one's like, you you could let this take over and you could put this game down. <laughs> but are you going to You're let the game beat you? Yeah. And so I just feel like the feeling that Salt and Sanctuary gives me just in the exploration and just the sense of the themes and just the world feel is much deeper and more meaningful than anything that Dead Cells gives. Yeah. I, I, you've convinced me that we should put Salt and Sanctuary at number three. Personally, I enjoy Dead Cells more, but with that reasoning, it makes sense to put Salt and Sanctuary up at number three. All right. So our new list, number one, Hollow Knight, number two, Celeste, number three, Salt and Sanctuary, number four, Dead Cells, five, Into the Breach, Six, Tunic, and seven, Golf Story. This has been Indie Q.